Share with me spiritually. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode. So recently, I've watched a very interesting YouTube video from Tiffany Ferguson's channel. Her video series called Internet Analysis. It's on a topic of suburb walkability and car dependency. And it's a super interesting and great video. I'm so sad that I just discovered this extremely fabulous channel, which does something quite similar to mine. She analyzes different social phenomenons and media trends in a very informative, multi-perspective way. And by the way, she does it much better than me, I think. And so yeah, I find it extremely interesting, especially on this topic, because I'm not very knowledgeable in terms of suburbs and the um, living situation in the US. So it's very informative and insightful for me. And it gives me a perspective into the issues faced by the suburb residents in the States. And so, yeah, I feel like it would be great for me to do sort of like a follow-up video or reaction video to it to offer my very own Asian perspective into a similar topic. But first of all, a very brief summary of what Tiffany has talked about in her video. Of course, links in the description box to view her full video because it's super amazing and it's very interesting. But basically, her idea is that people living in the suburb areas is facing a lot of issues in terms of their day-to-day experience and you know how people, especially people living in a city, always fantasize people living in the suburbs. Like speaking as a person who is living in the city, I definitely am guilty of this. But then she's telling us that it's not all nice and fancy. Like people living in the suburbs aren't always the rich people who's enjoying life without any concerns, without having to live in a very crowded, cramped space, stuff like that. If you tell me you live in a suburb, I would probably think that you are a very cool middle or upper class person who comes from like a family that's, you know, has a quite relatively comfortable like family background. The socioeconomic state is probably okay. Like you probably have some kind of money. You're living very comfortably. And especially for like a person who's not coming from the US, like the suburb kind of vibe just reminds me of the American dream. People living in a nice house with a backyard. And if you watch Modern Family, I would probably envision people who is like Phil's family or Jay's house, you know, the grandfather's kind of big house, very nice with like good amenities. It's probably a very uninformed view of suburbs because I'm very guilty of it because I've not really been to a suburb before, especially in the States, because I'm not living there, obviously. And so this is a very romanticized view and definitely has beautified and 
provided a facade to city dwellers like me. And in this video, she debunked all these facade by saying that, first of all, the infrastructure in suburb areas definitely very underdeveloped. In some areas, we see that the roads are very disconnected. There's no bumpers. There's no safety designs for um, the pedestrians. So that's why her video talks about the walkability in these neighborhoods are extremely low and it's especially unfriendly for disabled folks and therefore it's prone to a lot of accidents for pedestrians and car accidents. She also mentioned a situation that I find extremely fascinating yet very painful for people in the suburbs is that she said she once come across this very weird phenomenon on Google map that says you have to walk 45 minute to a destination for example let's say there's this mall in front of you you have to walk 45 minute to get there because there's no direct pedestrian road for you to go like there's not even like a normal path for you to cross but then for people with cars it would be only a two minute drive which is very convenient so it's sort of like a discriminatory situation there like discriminating people who is not wealthy who are not able to afford a car which brings on to another situation of this whole suburb area is very poorly developed there's no whatsoever urban planning going on there it's only car friendly not pedestrian friendly and the public transports are just bad sometimes they have to wait for a long time to get like a bus which again goes back to the thing about discrimination and going further even talking about how suburbs were reserved for the white or Caucasian folks and it's just predominantly white in history and of course goes back to this whole discriminatory history of the states and how these suburbs are usually reserved for people who are more affluent and which leads to like this whole monoculture in these neighborhoods anyway on the topic of transportation and suburbs it reminded me that i've heard on a podcast called asian boss girl where one of the hosts shared because she lived in orange county and she shared how orange county is actually a location where it's very weird and struggling for folks from that area because of the transportation it's very interesting she said that you're very conflicted because it is a location that's too near for you to go to work, go to the city by car, but it's also too far for you to just walk to work, walk to the city on foot, which is this very awkward spot with a distance that's very awkward from city center. Well, perhaps you're already living in suburbs in other areas other than California and you have experienced similar situation or you're struggling this problem day to day but of course for me as a person that's not living in suburbs living in city center in an asian country it's quite funny and interesting for me to learn about that all these problems shown in suburbs has inspired me to start a version of cities a so-called internet analysis or actually not internet but like just analysis of this situation in city because i feel like for 
the folks living in suburbs, you probably would have some sort of fantasy for living in cities. And now it's time for me to crush that fantasy for you because I'm telling you, living in city has its very own problems as well. And perhaps after that, after listening to both sides, you can decide whether city is better than the suburb lives or vice versa. But first of all, of course, we have to define the word city because it's probably very different for cities located in different continents and different countries. So speaking for myself, I've mostly been to cities in Asia and Europe. Um, so if we're talking about Asia, it's like Hong Kong, Tokyo, Shanghai, Seoul, and Europe, definitely London because I studied there. And I've gone to Paris and Brussels and Berlin. But then of course, I've noticed that even though they're all cities, the vibe there is very different, people's lifestyle, the infrastructure, the level of development. So it's very difficult to pinpoint one area or one type of cities or to generalize cities at all. If we're talking about cities in this episode, I'll probably refer to where I'm currently living, which is Hong Kong. And then I would say more of the Asian cities and Asian cities can be its own category as they're very similar in terms of their infrastructure, their culture, their density, the population. So when I'm referring to cities, you can probably think of the Asian cities rather than the Europe ones. But yeah, first of all, I think it would be unfair to neglect the advantages of living in a city. So I'd have to address it and it's just a very quick round of fire for me to say all the advantages of living in a city, which includes good public transport, obviously. Cities, especially newly developed cities, have relatively good public transport. There's train, there's bus, and they're usually run on schedule quite on time and is predictable. So it's great for folks that has to travel to work by public transport. And then we have walkability. I'd say usually it's very walkable and everything's very reachable. You don't really have to go by car of course you're if you're living on the edges living on the the margins of the city you probably have to travel a bit but then usually if you're in city center it's quite walkable you can go to buy groceries on foot everything is within the walking distance which leads me to the third point which is about the convenience of shopping obviously there are a lot of convenience stores amongst Asian cities, if you think about like Taiwan, Hong Kong, Seoul, Singapore, a lot of famous convenience store, which obviously by its name, it's very convenient. And we have a lot of restaurants, supermarkets, and shopping malls as well. So you can literally find anything everywhere. And then on the note of being very convenient and with a lot of shops, we have a lot of entertainment as well. Since we have a lot of shopping malls, we've got cinema, we've got karaoke, and of course, nightclubs and bars to contrast with suburbs on the note of car dependency. Obviously, you don't have to have a car in the city. And sometimes it's 
or most of the time actually. Public transport is much better than having a car because if you're stuck in a car, you will get traffic. And if you take the train, it's probably much more reliable because there's no traffic in the underground, obviously. So for the commute time to work, it's probably much better as well because taking train means that you don't need to suffer from traffic if you're taking vehicles. But of course, all these advantages that I've just mentioned definitely varies a lot by location. The inner, the more center you are, the more of these benefits are applicable because. It's more centered. It's more crowded. It's more walkable. It's there are more shops and the transportation development is much better. And the more outskirt you go, the less of these are applicable because you are going towards the suburb. And now we can move on to the disadvantages of living in a city. The struggle of city dwellers. The first thing I have to mention is definitely the housing price. The nearer you live in the city, the more expensive it goes. Hong Kong definitely has the most unaffordable housing in the world. People have to wait many, many years to get public housing. It can take as long as ten years or plus. It's really crazy. People waiting their whole life and saving money for their whole life in order just to afford a very tiny flat, and it's extremely undesirable. Obviously, it has to deal with the land supply and demand in the city, which is very distorted and imbalanced. But then some people might say, if we don't take like as extreme of a case as Hong Kong, you would say that living in a city probably saved you money, saved your time because you don't really have to do any driving of cars. You can take public transport, which is cheaper, and then you can save time. You can go home quicker. That's kind of valid. But then, if you live in a city, it means that you have to live in a very small flat because you probably don't want to afford a really crazy priced house, right? And you don't really get a house, anyways, in the city. But then my point is, since your flat is very small, it might not be as comfortable as your suburb home. So even when you go home, do you think you will feel very relaxed or comfy in your very small flat? Maybe not. I mean, it depends on the size, right? Everything's relative, but definitely not as comfortable as like a big house in the suburb. Well, of course, you can say that I don't really care because I'm not that materialistic and I don't need a, like a big house or something. But then, if you are living with your family, let's say your nuclear family, which means your parents, sometimes your siblings, because it's very usual, very common for people to live with their parents in Asian countries because they can't afford one; they need to save money, and. It's just more sensible because you don't have to pay extra for a roof. The problem of living with nuclear family or extended family, especially when you're adults already, that's quite problematic. Less personal space, less independence. Again, obviously, less personal space and less independence probably lead to conflict with your parents or your siblings because 
you know, you have to interact with them all the time. You have to learn cohabitating with others, especially if you move back from college and you're adults, but perhaps your parents still want to control you somehow. Asian parents, you know. Okay, let's say you are already married, but then you know some married couples still live with their one of one side of their family, one side of the parents, you know, because again they have to save money to get their own house in the future. But then, let's remember there's very limited space in a crowded area, so it means that you have to again learn to coexist, cohabitate with these people with your. Like your wife or your husband, and for that partner to learn to live with your parents, it's quite difficult. So it might also take a toll on the marriage life and perhaps the sex life as well, because you have no personal space, and it affects the relationship of these married couples, perhaps, and also the whole family dynamics and stuff. If we take it a little bit further, it might affect. The birth rate and also the divorce rate, and if we take it a step further, it's going to affect the population demographics. Okay, let's take a step back and go back to the pre-marriage life. Let's say you're just a young adult living under the roof of your parents. You probably might not be as happy as well because you want to experience this new exciting adult life without the control of your parents. Again, apart from this so-called subjective thing, or the subjective impact or feeling of a person, there's some more noticeable thing about adults or young people under the roof of parents, which is about their own self-management skills. Like, are you able to take care of yourself if you're living alone in the future? Maybe not, because you're very used to having some older figures to take care of you. Or give you advice or help you. So if you have any problems, you can go to them easily. And all these problems and conflicts due to cohabitation might lead to an overall decline in the happiness level. It's very interesting because if you want to live in a city, you probably want to stay near to your office, close to your job. So job opportunities in the city is just much better. But then. Even though you earn more, your happiness level doesn't go up because of this whole living situation and your rent and your bills, and then you have to、um, cohabitate with some people. Might be your family, might be like roommates or stuff because you have to share your flat. And this is most noticeable in great cities like New York, London, or the Silicon Valley. You know those jobs in these. Cities in these hubs, in these tech hubs, these financial hubs, are usually quite prestigious. They pay you very well, but then the living expense, the rent there is also crazy. So you earn more, you spend more. Are you happier? I'm not sure. So is it worth it? I'm not sure. Well, you can decide. Anyway, let us dissect this. So-called overall happiness level a bit. So why are people unhappy apart from this whole cohabitation situation? I feel like it also has to do with your mental health, your mental well-being, kind of. Because people might say 
living in a city gives you a lot of opportunities to social with people, to be closer to your friends, to have more opportunities. It's more exciting when you think about nightlife. And again, if you live in your home, you probably have closer relationship with your family and stuff. I mean, that's maybe true, maybe not. But is mental health and like your mood wholly dependent on this nightlife? Depend on this socializing? Not really. And even though you have these opportunities lying around, you can talk to your family, you can hang out with your friends. Are you able to do so? Because you definitely have a job going on, and maybe that job is extremely demanding that you are not able to go back home in a decent amount of time. On a regular basis, even your soul is just totally sucked by this corporate monsters. Okay, I think you get it. Like the pressure of living in the city, the hustle and bustle of it, and the pace of life. It's probably faster because everyone's rushing. If you go to a random video featuring Hong Kong's road or like a Pedestrian's pace is probably extremely fast, and you find it crazy. But yeah, let's not talk about the wealthy folks. Let's talk about people who is not doing these glamorous corporate jobs, but people who are struggling in the city because they're often neglected. People who are not making ends meet. I hope you are familiar with the word "mac refugee," who refers to people living in McDonald's overnight. Yes, that is a phenomenon because McDonald's open twenty four seven in these Asian cities, and sometimes in other European cities as well, and maybe McDonald's in the U.S. too. I'm not very sure. Anyway, these are people usually who are not comfortable going home. Because of various reasons, domestic abuse, crowded living space.、Um, they want more comfortable sleeping situation, which is pretty sad if you think about it. Because McDonald's better than their home, and yeah, which speaks about how bad the living conditions are in cities. Perhaps you have people living, sleeping, eating next to. Their toilet because there's no separate, there's no dividers between their bathroom and their living room slash bedroom slash kitchen. I feel like these group of people are definitely the neglected ones, and they're not speak of in mainstream media. People don't see them; they're invisible. They're just not cared about. And last but not least, definitely. I would like to address one of the very interesting points mentioned by Tiffany in her YouTube video, where she said that the struggle of suburb people is that there's often no people around them, and it's very difficult for them to socialize because you have to drive or walk a very long time to see another human being around. And she said this might also contribute to a very distant relationship. Between people and feeling very distant as a person living in a suburb, and she sort of fantasized where she described this situation where people might be able to talk to others when they're on a train in the underground or 
the bus, whatever you call it. But I just want to say this is very not true. As a person who's living in the city for、um, her whole life, obviously, it's not true. Like no one talked to each other on the bus or on the train whatsoever. Like the most they would say is like "excuse me, sorry" when they're trying to squeeze、um, to get out of the train or stuff like that. But everyone's basically minding their own business. It might be to a certain extent true if we go back. To like twenty, thirty-ish years ago, when people don't have their mobile phones, they might talk to people, make some small chats, occasionally. But I'd say, you know, city folks are just minding their own business. They have a lot going on in their life. They want to take this time to rest and not to socialize. There's no need to be, to be like super engaging with like another passenger next to you. And sometimes people are just. Even tired of socializing at work, like or in their own social circumstance. So, I'd say for city people, there's no excitement or passion about socializing. Sometimes it's more even like a tiredness of socialization or social activities because city people are just too stimulated by different things in general, like their work. Like people around and just the environment, and certainly no one fantasizes taking a train because train is just horrible, especially in Europe. Asian trains are better, much better. They're hygienic, they're new because they're obviously、um, just opened more recently and just built stuff like that. But for trains. Especially in London, it's horrible. You see people urine. You see rats. You see very stained, ugly, terrible seats. It's just not a thing to be fantasized, to be honest. And the stress and unpleasant feeling of getting on a crowded train or bus, standing for an hour, is just not something to look forward to. When compared to driving in your own car, but of course driving has its own problem as well. I'm just saying, public transport definitely gives people a lot of nerves and stress, especially for city people. Perhaps suburb people might fantasize it, but definitely it's a nightmare for a lot of city people. And again, getting on a tra- public transportation and living with a lot of people surrounding you might not necessarily increase your social interactions with people. And it's extremely common for people living in the city to feel isolated and lonely, which is extremely ironic. And obviously, we can dwell into this whole. Range of reasons in another episode, but just to sum up, I feel like this episode definitely revealed a lot of problems living in a city, and I'm definitely not saying one is better or worse than the other. Obviously, city and suburb lives got their own pros and cons, and ultimately, it's just a personal preference. As to whether you're more suitable or more happy living in which neighborhood or which kind of environment, and sometimes it's also not up to your personal choice because you 
might be constrained by your financial circumstances, your family situation, or just your job preference. Yeah, just perhaps your own circumstance at large. But I feel like one thing that I can be most certain about when I think about Tiffany's internet analysis and this episode, I feel like is that urban planning can solve a lot of these problems. Like we mentioned public transport, we mentioned crowded living conditions, we mentioned walkability and convenience. All of these can be, to a certain extent, solved by good city planning or like an urban planning or suburb planning whatsoever. So I guess it's a good reminder to the government or the city council or like government authorities to really focus on urban planning because it would make everyone live so much better. But of course, as individuals, perhaps we can't really change much about urban planning or town planning. But what we can do is, if we are able to afford it and our circumstances allow it, we can try to find our own lifestyle and see how we can adjust to the environment or how we can change the environment to make ourselves more comfortable and happier. And that's it for this week. I know this is such a long episode. I find it very interesting, really. And hope you guys enjoyed it. I'll see you guys very soon. Till next time.